0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. You mentioned a honey-do list at the end. Wait, are they married? (laughs) That is not true. They might have been, but I think that he was the IT guy. I didn't know what he was doing when she didn't want to tell me what he did. Like, saying he's an IT guy somehow is some secret. Yes, Eden. Right, because he put the air quotes boss Mm, on the phone. mm, Yeah. mm. Uh, Jimmy in Chicago joins us. Hi, Jimmy. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan,
1: uh, did you see last night where the Raiders, I think they were picking 18th? And Commissioner Goodell said uh, he was giving them a mulligan to host the draft, um, but he said in 2020. Yeah. And then he proceeded to say um, with the pick, he said with, uh, with the 18th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, he kind of yeah. Uh, hesitated there. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Trey Wingo said it would be a couple of years at least for them to host. So I was just wondering what, what's going on with that. And uh, with the Bears picking 43-50 uh, and 50 tonight, any suggestions <laughs> on uh, who
0: they should get? <laughs> uh, I can't break down the Bears drama. Come on. I can't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I actually felt good for as a Bears fan last night. They, yeah. they did nothing didn't wrong. Didn't screw it up. Didn't screw anything up. I'm going to guess maybe he had some bad prompter copy. You know, you can tell when somebody is reading off prompter, and the, you know the commissioner's in his basement. He wants to make sure he gets everything right, and all of that's on prompter. And somebody probably put that up there, and maybe you didn't. He didn't read through it. Maybe he just read it incorrectly. Maybe the information was wrong. But uh, I, you know, having done this for a long time, you can see when somebody is reading off prompter because their tells with their eyes. And sometimes their head moves a little bit. You know, the commissioner's not used to reading off the prompter. And plus, given the conditions here, he's in his basement you know, conducting the draft. You know, I give him a little bit of leeway there. But yeah, when he said, uh, you know, he started talking about the 2020 draft, I go, no, not that year. And then he made a couple of mistakes in the span of 30 seconds. I got a stat of the day here for you. If we can fire up some music that I find uh, interesting, then we'll take a break. And then we'll talk to Jesse Palmer from The Mother Show. Aaron Rodgers, in the last four seasons combined, has had 19 interceptions. Jordan Love, of the Packers just selected last night, had 17 interceptions last season. Take a break. More phone calls coming up. You can weigh in on the poll question. It's a Traeger Meet Friday. We have, oh, sorry to tell you this, McLovin and Fritz Seaton. Three types of uh, chicken wings here. Because uh. <laughs> I said, look, I can't decide on which wings I want. So Alan, the IT guy, said, well, why don't I just made three-way? That's cruel. Yeah, three types of uh, wings. What are you going with? Um, a buffalo, obviously. Nah. Uh Sriracha. Sriracha. And all oh, the dry rub, yeah. yeah. You know, I like a good dry rub. Yeah. So those are the threes. Those the, I'm, we're we're doing a three way here. That'll be uh, coming up a little bit later on with our Traeger. Not and, me, me front. Yeah. is not you, in and the three. <laughs> and, in threesome, uh, huh? And uh, Dylan. Yeah. Nice. Oh God, yeah. That's hot. actually Tyler, the moderator, is out there moderating the wings while moderating the chat room. The chat room is that's our locker room. Those, those people are those are the hardcore listeners there, viewers. Uh, very valuable, and uh, so everybody's invited to play in the chat room. Uh, I would say play nicely, but, you know, you guys settle your differences there, and I always appreciate the comment. You keep us honest. Even when you're mean-spirited, I know you're being mean-spirited in a good way for the betterment of the show. <laughs> At least that's what I keep telling McLovin when they rough him up. Hey, they mean well. They they do. They want mm, to... Sh- I'm dubious. They mean well. Oh, I think the last day for the Tampa Bay t-shirts is today. We're going to make today the last day for Tampa Bay t-shirts. A cease and desist sale. Cease and desist, 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 desist. So this is it? Like we have... Yeah. Yeah, this is But Tom no. didn't come up with it. I... But his law firm is is really mean. They're very powerful. They're polite. They worded it politely. Well, they're, they're going politely... to be mean. They could be mean. It was a strongly written letter. Yes, it was. I took it that way. And I just said, we're going to take down the Tampa Bay t-shirts at, you know, this is the last day. And
1: then Tom, yesterday on Twitter, used the phrase Tampa Bay for the first time himself.
0: I know. He's allowed to do that. He's, he's allowed to do that, apparently. But uh, this is the last day. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the run on the uh, pre-cease and desist sale that we have on with the Tampa Bay t-shirts. We have the uh, ears. We have the uh, Rob Gronkowski t-shirts up there. We have uh, his name is Tom T-shirt up there as well. A lot of great T-shirts up there. And, Fritzy, no more. No, I just can't. I, I had a separate question. I know. So you, don't you, like, you... you don't like CD Ram? But they, the Rams didn't get CD. <laughs> but if they would have gotten him, we had a T-shirt CD Ram. Uh, you sent me seven different T-shirts. You got Jerry I Judy. I know. You gave me Jerry Judy with the Broncos. Do you want to give those? Howdy both? Judy. Howdy Judy time.
2: That's good for the 18 to 24 year olds that are very familiar with the Howdy Judy.
0: Anybody shirt. under 50 <laughs> understand Howdy Judy? I under want to know 70. So,
2: I want to know if our Tom Brady shirts that were selling for the last day have to be worn inside your pants, and why would that be? Why would you have to wear them inside your pants? It's my little
0: joke as we go to break. Oh my God! For the, okay, I don't know, Todd. Because of the tuck rule. They
2: have to tuck it inside their pants. The shirts can't be worn out. I like that he That's thinks so. it's funny.
0: <laughs> oh, there's a lot I like of the that we're adding a uh, Todd's Riddles segment to go along with the scoreboard segment. That's awesome.
2: The tuck rule, you have to wear it inside your pants. Anyway.
0: Thank you, Todd. Jesse Palmer's coming up. All righty, we'll take a break. <laughs> Todd's Riddles. Uh, oh, God. By the way, real quick. No, no, no. no, no, no. it's
2: important. Uh, you guys put something together. I don't know. If it, hurt, it didn't hurt my feelings, but did you know there's something on Twitter? The various faces of Fritzy, like someone's someone edited together a bunch of weird facial expressions I make during the course of the show on Zoom, and they put that out like on the Dan Patrick Twitter there.
0: I I will take credit and blame <laughs> <laughs> because every there. morning. Before the show, Todd will be staring at his computer, and he doesn't blink. And I said to the big German, just roll on Todd today, right now. And he goes, he's not doing anything. I said, oh, yes, he is. And there are about, I don't know, 12 to 15 different faces up there. And I just said, just put it up there, have Mario put some music, and just call it the many faces of Todd Fritz. Because I've said uh, for a long time, you're two-faced, and this proves that you're about 12 or 15 faces. So, Big difference there. Well done. Thank you, Todd. Take a break. Jesse Palmer is next. Does he know Chris Sims was maybe approached to be the Bachelor before Jesse Palmer? We'll find out next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I thought last night's virtual draft was handled really well. The NFL, ESPN. I was flipping back forth with uh, Trey Wingo who was hosting on the Mothership and uh, Reese Davis on ABC. I, I loved listening to the college guys because Reese, Jesse Palmer, Kirk Herbstreit, David Pollack, they know all these players. This is what they do every single Saturday. And uh, Jesse Palmer joins us. How did it feel last night, Jess?
2: For for a lot of different people, uh, you know, associated with the NFL and with ESPN and with ABC and all of us, but... You know, I really thought everyone did a great job pulling it off. Reese and I, Maria, Taylor, Tom Rinaldi, we were all in studio, you know, here in Brisco- uh, Bristol, Connecticut. And, you know, we obviously had a bunch of analysts in-, in different places and around. But, you know, just a great job communicating. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the NFL draft for us, we, you know, we look we look forward to this every year. We have so much fun doing this. It's still one of the biggest sporting events you know, of the year certainly in this country and while it, we know it was going to look a lot different last night, I think we felt like we were still able to, to tell a lot of stories and show a lot of the emotions. There were tremendous interviews with the players, with coaches and with their families via, you know, via satellite, via remote, but I think a lot of that still came through. So you know, we had a lot of fun last night. I know we're really
0: excited to, to do it again tonight. What was your oh well? Wow moment last night
2: uh I think for me it was probably either Isaiah Simmons falling to the Arizona Cardinals. I fully expected him to be gone by 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 the fourth pick when I thought he going to go into the New York Giants and the fact that Cliff Kingsbury landed him uh you know I think at number eight to me was was tremendous, and then I sent Jordan Love going to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, late in the first round, I, I think was surprising. A lot of people thought they might go wide receiver and get Aaron Rodgers some help, um, and I know that you know the Jordan Love story was all of his talent. And obviously with the 17 interceptions, that was sort of a, a Jekyll and Hyde scenario and who was going to take the chance on him. And at the end of the day with Aaron Rodgers going into his 16th year, the Packers decided to, to make the contingency pick. I thought that was really interesting.
0: But you know this, you played the position, you were a backup and understand that role. If you're brought in, if you know, are you threatening to the starting quarterback? Normally we didn't do that. You would bring in a, a backup and he wasn't going to threaten the starter, you know, Peyton Manning with, with his backup for all those years with the Colts, like you never had somebody Patriots bring in Garoppolo. I don't know if they thought he was going to threaten Tom as quickly as he did, but now you bring in Jordan love extremely talented. And what do you think the time frame is on, on Jordan love developing uh, and how important is it for him to develop into the heir apparent for Aaron Rodgers?
2: Well, Aaron Rodgers is an alpha quarterback, as we all know, and I don't think he feels threatened at all. Personally, I think Aaron Rodgers could play another four years minimum if he wanted to. Um, Having said that, this is a great situation for Jordan Love, and honestly, Dan, I think it's a situation that he needs. He needs to be on the bench, and he needs to watch one of the great decision makers in the game today play football, and he needs to see that. Jordan Love threw 17 picks last year. When I watched the tape on him, It wasn't an issue of accuracy. It was an issue of decision-making. And oftentimes, for strong-arm quarterbacks, they believe they can make each and every single throw, and it gets them in trouble. And I do think at times last year for Jordan Love at Utah State, he was pressing. He didn't have a lot of help. He didn't have great protection up front. He didn't have wide receivers separating and getting wide open. So I think Jordan Love really felt like he had to make superhuman-type plays in order for them to be competitive and win games. But I think now in a situation like Green Bay, they can help, and Aaron Rodgers can show him and help, coach him out of those bad decisions to understand you don't have to make every play we've got Devontae Adams we've got a good young tight end in Jay Sternberger we've got Aaron Jones at running back there are parts and pieces around you Aaron Rodgers arguably has the strongest arm in the National Football League he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions though because he's very smart and he makes good decisions Jordan Love is going to have to sit and wait and watch but but I don't think you could ask for a better situation if you were Jordan Love and if you're Aaron Rodgers you're not threatened because you're not losing your job anytime soon.
0: Talking to Jesse Palmer, ESPN College Football Analyst, uh, back on ABC's coverage tonight and uh, Saturday beginning at noon Eastern. You're so good at this, uh, looking at these quarterbacks and assessing you know, how good they are and what they need to work on. I'm, I'm curious how tough it is, though, Jess, to take them from college to the pros and as they make that transition, because I can look at a guy in college and say he's really good. Uh, case in point, Patrick Mahomes. I thought he was fascinating. I had no idea he would be anywhere near what he is now. Whereas Deshaun Watson, I said, that guy's a star. How do you try to troubleshoot this and say, this guy will work or this guy won't?
2: You know, I think evaluating the quarterback position to me is probably the hardest evaluation of any single individual position, I think, in, in all of sports. And I just think, Dan, There are so many different variables and factors that go into it, both physical and mental and emotional. You know, if you said of the quarterbacks that got picked last night, who am I least concerned about? I would say probably Joe Burrow out of LSU. I've said this, and I'll keep saying it. Thirteen years at ESPN, he's the most accurate quarterback that I've seen in college football. And I think accuracy is something that you can improve with fundamentals, but ultimately I think it's inherent and Joe Burrow completing 76% of his throws in an offense where they throw the ball deep down the field and just constantly hitting receivers in the numbers and in the face mask. Like, I know that accuracy is going to translate to the next level, regardless of what system he plays in. Uh, and then there's a guy like Justin Herbert out of Oregon that's playing sort of in this up-tempo, spread offense. There's sort of a lot of dinking and dunking, and a lot of screen throws and pump-faking guys early to open up more throws downfield. The, the systematic change for him with the Los Angeles Chargers that's going to be a whole lot different. And I think certainly scouts looking at him at the senior bowl and how well he performed there, um, it gives them hope that he can make that transition, but it's just simply something we just don't know. So, you know, it, it really is in a lot of ways still a guessing game. And there's a lot of big names still out there that we're going to see picked coming up here, Dan, whether it's Jacob Easton out of Washington who played in a pro-style system or Jalen Hurts uh, that played in a more pro-style system in Alabama and then a more of an air raid system with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. How is that going to translate to the next level as well? It'll be interesting to see.
0: All right. If you need a quarterback in the second round, who are you taking? I'm
2: going with Jacob Eason. You know, for me, I love the fact playing at Washington under center with a tight end and a fullback on the field. You know, this guy had to play. You know, versus condensed defenses and looks, took a lot of seven-step drops and play action, and he can push the football downfield. Six foot six, 230 pounds. He was the number one quarterback coming out of high school for a reason. He has a lot of talent. He started at Georgia as a true freshman, of course, got hurt, lost his job to Jake Fromm, and had to sit out two years between, you know, sitting out at Georgia with the injury and then – transferring to Washington and having to redshirt, you know, and I think that probably hurt his development a little bit, but I think he has a lot of the natural tools you need to succeed at the next level. And then I'll say this, I think the biggest story tonight is where does Jalen Hurts go? Yeah. He reminds me a lot, you know, a lot of potentially Kasem Hill with the new Orleans saints, Jalen Hurts, you know, he's an alpha 138 games in college at two different programs. And I think after the Lamar Jackson phenomenon, now everyone's trying to find that next, that, 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 X factor at quarterback that could take your offense to the next level. He's not as dynamic a runner as Lamar Jackson, certainly, but he ran for over 3,800 yards and 43 touchdowns in college. And he's a guy who's a quarterback, but I could see Jalen Hurts playing a little running back, a little receiver, a little special teams at the next level. Doesn't have to play quarterback necessarily right away. And with New England and Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, maybe Jacksonville, there's some teams that need quarterbacks early. So Jacob Eason, Jalen Hurts, I think those will be two of the bigger storylines, I think, at the start of tonight.
0: Yeah, I hope hope Hurts gets a chance. I like that kid. The way he handled the Alabama situation, he goes to Oklahoma, proves that... You know, he can go into that same system that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray did and, and add another dimension to it. I, I I I would love to see him in a place like Carolina where he could wait a couple of years for Teddy Bridgewater and then maybe you ease him in to the lineup there. But I, I think there's some fascinating second-round possibilities here. Also, is it tougher to handicap an offensive tackle or a wide receiver in the first round?
2: That's a great question. You know, I, I, I think... For a very, very long time, it, it was it was tougher to handicap um, wide receivers. I, I think, based on the system that you play in, and especially in the college game today, with. You know these these quote unquote air raid offenses where there's empty sets, and you know a lot of these receivers they, they don't have these extensive route trees that you see on Sundays in the National Football League. It's either catch a screen, catch a bubble screen, make a guy miss, go score, or just run a go route and high point the football and score. You know, but today it's it's hard to to look at offensive tackles as well because you know we, for the same reason we, we don't see a lot of I formation offense anymore. You in college football, and, and you don't see a lot of the same run schemes or pass protection schemes in college as you do in the National Football League. The good news for offensive tackles today in these types of offenses in college is that often, more often than not, you're on an island. You're not getting a lot of help from tight ends and running backs, so you can see who's a good pass protector and who's a good athlete, but because of the lack of run schemes, I mean, you see a lot of zone runs and, and, and you know zone reads and these run-pass options. But you know, again, you don't necessarily see tackles with a tight end lined up beside them. And now they have to, they have to down block, or they have to pull necessarily, or get into the second level. I, I think it's much tougher today to really get a good idea. Uh, at offensive tackle, with respect to the scheme that they're playing, we know who great who who's, who the good athletes are and who can bench press press a lot and, and who can run forty yard dash times very very fast uh, through the combine and, and all the testing. But you know, I, I think the the way the game has changed, particularly at the college level, sometimes makes it it tougher uh, to grade out these offensive linemen and help predict how successful they're going to be on Sunday.
0: Uh, last hour, we broke the story that Chris Sims, the former NFL quarterback, he was uh, first approached in the same offseason as you to be on The Bachelor. He believes he was approached first, and he said no, he couldn't because John Gruden, he said, would kill him uh, if if he did. Um, does that bother you as a quarterback, or is just a handsome guy that Chris Sims might have been approached before you to be on The Bachelor?
2: Well, I mean, the Ultimately, you know, it makes me feel like sloppy seconds <laughs> for ABC first and foremost. You
0: seem shaken. You seem shaken by this. Revolution. Yeah,
2: no, I mean, yeah, I, I might, I might, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a few phone calls.
0: Okay, all right.
2: I might have to, I might have to sit out the second round
0: tonight <laughs> and, and, and just try to get over that
2: before I can recover for the third round. I mean, not only am I jealous that Chris Sims was a lefty. And could throw a tremendous velocity, but now on top of that, I've just come to realize I was I was you know playing second fiddle to ABC all along in that process. I, you know, fourteen years after it's happened, at least I guess I get some clarity and some finality now to this whole.
0: But thing. But see, this is ABC; they bring us the Bachelor, right? And you're working for ABC tonight. I mean, you got to have mixed emotions about this, Jesse.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, and it's just you know I'm trying to wear different hats here. Yeah. Offer the same network, but, yeah. but at some point you can, you can only juggle so much.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, prayers, thoughts and prayers uh, for you tonight. We're here for you if you need us, and uh, good luck.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. Stay
0: safe. Man. Thank you. That's Jesse Palmer, ESPN Jeez. College Football Analyst. You know, it's live. This is live radio and TV. And, uh, you know, that's just an honest answer from an honest man. He's hurt. And I would be too. If you said they're taking Chris Sims before you, I'd be hurt. We'll take a break. We will come back, phone calls, and uh, we will hear from our show. Insider Tom in Ohio will call us and tell us what happened to that possible Odell Beckham-Chase Young deal and why it went south. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, I found out who was going up to get Jordan Love. I'll have that for you coming up here in a moment. Also, um, uh, Michael Salfino. McLevin, are you aware of Michael Salfino? Yeah, he works for The Athletic. He's an analytics uh, fantasy football guy. Okay, great. He sent a tweet. The difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love is Rodgers was viewed as the number one overall pick for much of the draft process. He was passed over for Alex Smith for reasons that then as now remain largely a mystery. The thing snowballed. Love was not a value pick. Yeah, that was my point. It's not one of those where you go, I got to take this guy. I have to. Um, Of the top... 15 in touchdown passes last season. Five of them will be at least 35 years of age when next season starts. Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Rodgers, and Ryan. All right, we'll go around the room. I just found out who was trading up to get Jordan Love. Todd, I'll start with you. Start in the back row. I'm going to say the Saints. The Saints, okay. McLovin. The Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Seton O'Connor Jr., the third. Uh, the Jaguars. Jaguars, polyester. I'm also going Jaguars. I think the Saints is a great guess. The Indianapolis Colts is the answer. Wow. Colts were going up from what I'm told to get Jordan Love. We got our Discover Card Moment of the Week, and here it is. I got a friend of a friend
1: who knows Jimmy Haslam well. Yeah, And Daniel Snyder and Jimmy Haslam, I know they're not general managers, but they've been talking very seriously about the love affair that Daniel Snyder has with Odell Beckham Jr. And Jimmy Haslam has that same type love for Chase Young. And they're within one draft pick of making
0: that move. All right. Tom in Ohio is saying the Browns and the Redskins are close to pulling off a trade. And this is sources close to a source that's close to your source. Is that what you're saying, Tom? That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's the Discover card moment of the week. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Let's bring in Tom in Ohio, our show insider. What went wrong, Tom? Why did this deal go south?
1: Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Tom. Uh five eleven, one seventy-five yesterday. 5'11", 185 today after 10 pounds of crow.
0: (laughs) What happened, Tom? Um,
1: um, Best I can tell you
0: at this point,
1: uh, the general manager of the Redskins and Riverboat Ron evidently pulled Daniel off the cliff and decided and talked to him and made him convinced that giving up on the best generational player that they've ever seen was probably not a real good idea.
0: How close was this deal to actually happening?
1: If you... Only the thing, only, thing only thing I can give you right now is for you to look at the tape after the Bengals chose which was, uh, by the way, a great move for Cincinnati. Obviously, they were always going to do that, but congratulations to them.
0: Tom, we just need the inside information here. Okay. Look
1: at the tape and look at Riverboat Ron. He looks like he got scared by a ghost. And observe Chase Young, and I believe it was either his manager or – a friend or his uh, relative on a phone. Chase has two phones in his hand. He's talking on both of them back and forth, and he has a look on his face of what on earth is going on. So that's just a little bit there. So um, you can take that for for what it's worth, Dave. All
0: right. Well, thank you,
1: Tom. Really, really, I you know, I I don't know what. What went wrong? I mean, I, I don't. Jim Brown's not my source.
0: <laughs> Keep your head up, and I'll talk to you next year at the draft. We appreciate that. That's a Tom in Ohio, who had the opportunity to be a Danette for a day. We were going to make a T-shirt, Tom in Ohio, if he was able to somehow pull off this deal. But he said that uh, maybe can we we McLevin? You got to rewatch the tape on yeah. on the Redskins taking Chase Young. Was there a moment where Ron Rivera is being told something or he chase He sold me. He sold me a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if any of this is true, but I find Tom in Ohio fascinating. Keep up the good work there, Tom. More work, whatever it was. Final hour coming up. We'll talk to Mark Sanchez, former NFL quarterback, get his thoughts off last night. More of your phone calls as well. And I got wings. Three different types of wings on the Traeger grill. All of that coming up. Final hour here, Dan Patrick Show.